Hey everyone, and welcome. My name is Scarlett Harrison, and today I'm going to be hopping into a book review. But before we get started, I just want to throw out a quick disclaimer that anything said in this podcast review is based on my opinion and my opinion alone. The authors understand that these are live, honest reviews where we don't sugarcoat things and base our overall ratings on the various aspects of their work, such as punctuation, grammar, story structure, well-developed characters, reading flow, and much more. Any concerns or questions regarding the review, you're all welcome to email me at s.harrisonpodcast.gmail.com or you can find me on my Instagram and Twitter under the handle ThinkItPodcaster. If you're ever curious about the author or reading the work for yourself, I always link the author's account URL down below in the description box. Alright, so with this all said, let's hop on into this review, shall we? talk segment and I am working on that um I had an idea and I wanted to do it with a other person um so I've been waiting for his response um but once we have all that going and him and I are on the same page as well as notes go um I will be doing that let's talk segment hopefully this week um but until then I wanted to do a book review so today we're doing a story called it is called open fire it's uh part of the series and this is book one sparks so this is by a inked author known as batty berserker um i'm gonna be reading this on my phone just because it's, it's just easier for me but this is a fantasy novel. It is currently ongoing with four chapters. It has an overall rating of 4.8 with a total of five reviews, and then it has a 13 and up for each rating. Um, we do have a bit of a prologue, so I will be reading that as well as the first chapter. So before we get into any of that, let us tackle this summary. A young girl, not yet adult, but not quite a child, finds herself away from the world she knew and into a world she only dreamed could exist. Things she never thought possible were possible, nor were things she would often see now had a new light. But not all is as good as it seems. Shadows from her past are reappearing, and nothing good will come out of that. Will she join the people she was destined to fight? Or will she go up in flames to save those who fight for good? So as far as summaries go, I think it was pretty good. I mean, it definitely has a lot of mysterious aspects to it, such as, you know, this new world and um, the shadows in her past. Um, and yeah, I do like the whole, will she go up in flames? I like that little play on words with the title. So yeah, I, I think that was a pretty good summary to be honest. Alright, moving on to the prologue. Also, I apologize if you can hear anything. It is hot in my house right now, so I have the window open a little bit. And there's construction going on outside. Alright, prologue. 
Burning foliage, crumbled walls, and smashed towers. Dead bodies, both man and monster, lay strewn about the ground in large heaps. These were strange creatures, both horrific and yet intriguing at the same time, but only because I can't say what they looked like. These creatures took the shape of your worst nightmare, and as you can imagine, there were hundreds upon thousands of them, and that was all you saw. The creatures were ripping down the stone wall that protected the last standing tower. The kingdom's warriors were fighting valiantly to protect the tower, to hold off these creatures for as long as they could, and strength did it take, and strength did it take to keep your worst fear at bay. But it was to no avail. They were being slaughtered like pigs. In the tower, two people stood, a man and a woman. One of the windows in the tower had no glass and was broken at the edges. The couple walked over, hand in hand, to gaze at the damage and destruction done to their kingdom. They watched as their warriors were slaughtered as the never-ending line of vile creatures ran up the side of the hill, waiting to feed in the flesh of not only our people, but their own dead as well. At a distance, they saw someone clothed in black, standing on the hill as more creatures surged past it to attack the tower. In one swift move, the person tood, the person tood, <laughs> the person turned and was enveloped in shadows and disappeared from sight. The couple turned and looked at each other, the betrayal clearly written on their faces. They turned, okay, so I'm going to stop real quick. You do have a little bit of repetition going on and I hope that you hear it as often as I am reading it. Um, you have the phrase turned, you know, the couple turned, they turned, the person turned. Uh, that's like right after the other, so you really want to watch that repetition. I also noticed you are repeating certain things like slaughtered um, creatures. Uh, I feel like in a way you kind of switch. I I'm not really sure if this is a narrative perspective. It kind of appears that way, but you're kind of going in as the, the man, the woman, and then you say they watched as their warriors were slaughtered as a never-ending line of vile creatures run up the side of the hill, waiting to feed in the flesh of not only our people. I feel like our people, because this is a narrative perspective and we're not actually seeing through either one of these couples' views, we're just seeing as an overlooking uh, sense, it shouldn't be our people, it should be their people. Um, creatures on the side of the hill waiting to feed in the flesh of not only their people, but the creatures' own dead as well. I guess that's kind of just confusing all in all. I guess, I guess the way you wrote it is fine, but it's just, because it's is not exactly any one person's perspective and this is kind of an overlooking um scene saying our people is a little redundant because the narrative isn't part of the kingdom or the creatures it's just the narrative this is just a narrator um also instead of saying creature all the time you could say monsters or maybe if they have a name if the creatures have a specific name um, you could do that too. Uh, yeah. Because you say the word creatures one, two, three, four, four times, five. So you say it quite often, and this is just the prologue. So I would definitely switch up the words or find a different descriptor to use towards these. Uh, beasts. There's another word, beasts. Um, yeah. 
moving forward. The couple turned and looked at each other, the betrayal clearly written on their faces. They turned and walked over to a basket on the floor. In it was a newborn child, not even a day old. Not even a day old. The lady put her hand on the side of the child's head and half smiled. The man knelt beside her, looked at the child, then looked back at the woman, aggrieved. The child started to cry as the roars of the monster could be heard. The lady gently, gently patted the child's head and started humming a random yet comforting tune. Again, reading the word child, which say baby, you could use the word babe, you could use kid. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't use the word kid. But uh, definitely other ways to say child, aside from saying child all the time. Um, the child quieted and stared in wonder at the lady as she continued to hum the unknown melody. When she stopped, the man put his arm around her shoulders and said, This is it. Our world is done for. But there's still hope for the child. The lady sighed and looked at him. Yes, but who knows what will happen to her in that world. The lady pulled a vial out of her dress and just stared at it. Again, you're using the word the lady, the lady, the lady. Woman, there's a name for this woman. Queen, princess, like what is she to this kingdom? Different phrasings, please. In it was a liquid glowing with a soft yellowish light. She had brewed it a few moons ago, not knowing what fate awaited them, not knowing if they would ever even need it. The tower shook even harder as the creatures knocked down the blockades. Um, so you're kind of overusing commas a little bit. Uh, right here, the tower shook even harder as the creatures knocked down the blockades. I wouldn't put the tower shook even harder, comma, as the creatures knocked down the blockades on the way to the top of the tower. That doesn't really need a comma. Uh, they heard them getting closer, and they stood, and they slowly stood, trying to savor their last moments with not only themselves, but their child as well. They're here, the man said quietly. Now what do we do? The lady pulled the cork out of the bottle and swirled the contents around slowly, deep in thought. Then, she tossed the contents on the wall. From where the potion hit, a small, swirling yellow portal opened. Um. From where the potion hit, comma, a small, comma, swirling, comma, yellow portal opened. I feel like you don't need the comma after the word hit. From where the potion hit, a small, comma, swirling, yellow portal opened. I don't think you need three commas. I feel like small comma swirling comma yellow portal open. I don't even think you need the comma after swirling either because I could be wrong but I definitely know that the comma after hit is, is not necessary. Now we leave. There was a pounding on the door as the creatures tried to break it down. Both of them jumped. They looked at each other. Fear stretched across their features. This was all going too fast and their plan was falling to pieces. We need to hold them back until the portal closes, she said urgently. The man stared at her in confusion, then understanding slowly dawned on him. He should have known. We can't go with her, can we? That should be a question mark, not a period. Because it's a question. Because he's saying can we, which is, you know, a question. It wasn't even a question. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was just, you know, guys, that was just well played, author. Well played. <laughs> oh, jeez. He knew what they, <laughs> he knew that they couldn't go. 
They had to give their child time to escape and time for the portal to close, so the creatures could not follow. Again, you don't need a peer, you don't need a comma after the word close. They had to give their child time to escape and time for the portal to close, so the creatures could not follow. I don't even think you need to add so the creatures could not follow, because I think that's kind of a given. Obviously, like, they don't want the creatures to follow, that's why he's like, we can't go with her, blah blah blah. So I feel like ending that sentence with they had to give the child time to escape and time for the portal to close, period, is fine. I don't think you need that last sentence. If they were to follow and go and got into the other world, all their effort would have been in vain. The lady, the lady quickly picked the child up and hurried over to the portal. I'm so sorry, my little one. You must go now, without us. She placed the child in front of the portal and laid a small kiss on her forehead. She placed a note bearing only her name in the blanket. The man was pulling out some weapons from a dark oak chest at the side of the room. He pulled out a dull sword, a shield, and a mace. He handed the sword to the lady. It's the best we have, he said dejectedly. Then the door- Okay, I have a quick question. How the fuck is this child supposed to go into the portal when it's a newborn and it can't walk yet? Is she gonna, like, roll it? I guess I'll have to read to find out, huh? It's the best we have, he said dejectedly. Then the door was busted open, and the creatures came flooding in. The men yelled what could have been a war cry and leaped into action, slaughtering the creatures. The lady ran to the portal with her child in her arms and then laid her down. As the lady pushed the child through the portal, she said, Goodbye, my child, my love, my little phoenix. But she did not see the shadow that slipped through their defenses and into the portal before it closed. So, prologue-wise, the only pet peeve I really have, aside from the repetition of certain words that you choose to use, is I feel like there's moments where you need detail, like the little detail things, because like when she's like talking to the child, I guess it's a narrative perspective, so I guess it doesn't really matter. So actually I'm not going to even voice that concern, but what I do think you should have done, I think you should have gone to detail of what these creatures look like. I feel like giving us that visual would really help us know like, you know, how powerful could these creatures be? Obviously they're slaughtering people, but are they big? Are they small? Are they... Um, you know, average size, you know, are they bigger than them? Do they have, you know, nasty ass teeth? Do they have claws? Like, are they able to wield weapons of their own? Like, there's some detail you could have used with the monsters, I feel. Um, maybe some people don't really need that. Maybe they like the fact that they can just kind of think of their own creatures and their own monsters to envision. But personally, for me, I would have enjoyed to have that detail in there from the author. Um, but I mean, aside from the repetition and there are certain spots where I feel like you could have gone into more detail, um, and because it's a narrative perspective, I'm not naming the certain spots I felt like could have had more detail just because it's narrative. Um, but I, I think overall it was pretty good. I liked it and it has me excited for the chapter one, which I will be starting now. I'm not good at sound effects, guys, so just imagine some beeping. Beep, 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 beep. There you go. Ugh, I groaned. I reached out of bed to shut it off before anyone else woke up. Orphanages, I thought. The words sleep in don't exist. I sat up, well, not technically. It was a crumpled but still upright position. 
I blinked through a fuzzy haze of vision, rubbed at my eyes, yawned, and ruffled my hair. Although it was already ruffled plenty from sleep. Every morning it was the same, with no changes, nothing new, and I liked that. I was the type of person, I noticed you're not capitalizing your eyes, just a small little thing. I was the type of person who liked a schedule. Granted, it was a little repetitive, but it was life. But this morning just happened to be different, and I didn't know whether that was good or bad, nor did I want to know. I feel like... I feel like the word nor is... Because I'm assuming this is modern day, like the world she got into is modern day. I feel like nor is definitely more of a middle-aged thing, so if she was still in the middle age, I could totally see that. But... She's at an orphanage. What, I think had orphanages in the middle age. I don't know. I just think that that's a little... Mm. Um, also... I don't know. This feels a little bit more like... I don't know why, but like the prologue feel, like the ambiance I got from the prologue, it has such a... And this is not a complaint. It has such a vast difference... And I only, I've only read one paragraph, but like the first chapter compared to the prologue, it's such a different change in mood. And I think that that's actually really great. Um, you know, I think it's great that the author was able to do that because she's in a different world now. She's grown up in this different world, which I'm assuming is more modern aged. And um, it's kind of hard to kind of switch moods like that when it comes to a story. So I, I think that's really great that you were able to do that. Um, I slouched out of bed and immediately cringed as the floor made a loud, a loud and obnoxious creaking sound. Why is the floor gonna be so damn creaky? I thought. So, pet peeve. Saying obnoxious creaking sound as the descriptor and then having the uh, main character also call it creaky is a little redundant. Um, if she wanted to use the word loud, like why is it so damn loud? That's different because it's a different word usage but I think saying creaking and then creaky in two different ways whether it's dialogue and then descriptor is kind of needless <sighs> I tiptoed as quietly as I could across from the room although the creaks were unavoidable unavoidable a couple of kids tossed as they passed their beds but none of them woke up that was one of the bad parts of my sudden change in schedule I had to get up before everyone else I quietly walked to the door and turned around to make sure they were all asleep. I didn't want one of them following me and snooping on, well, whatever was going on. I pushed the curtain we used for a door to the side and continued to wince as the creaks persistently got worse and worse. I crept down the stairs, in parentheses, they weren't much better. I don't think, I don't like parentheses, I always feel that parentheses, anything you put in parentheses can be used with a comma instead of parentheses. So I crept down the stairs, comma, they weren't much better than the floors, comma, and around, or something. I just feel like I don't like that. <laughs> this is a personal thing for me. I crept down the stairs and around the corner to the bathroom. See, I would say I crept down the stairs, which weren't, which weren't much better than the floors, and made my way to the bathroom. I feel like that would flow a lot better than what you have, because parentheses are things that are like information that's not really important, but is necessary at the same time, but you can skim over the parentheses and still get a full-on sentence, which is what you're able to do here, but I feel like with a novel, you shouldn't really do that. I feel like you should stray away from that. Other people's opinions 
will differ from my own, which is fine. But personally, for me, I just think that it's not necessary to use parentheses. Which, if you guys have been listening to my podcast for a while, you would know that. (laughs) I slowly open the bathroom door. Not an easy feat, I'll tell you. The door doesn't have a handle, but you still have to turn the mechanism inside the door to open it. We are very low-tech around here, if you haven't already noticed. I don't really- I'm not a fan of authors talking to the reader from the main character's perspective. Um, especially when this is first person. This is a first person perspective. So everything happening is happening now, and I just feel like it's kind of- I don't- I don't like the reader. For me, it just pulls out me out of the story a bit when they like actually ask the reader a question. Or when they're like, if you haven't noticed, this, this, and that. Like, I just, I don't really like that for me, personally. That's not a jab at the author themselves. That's just a jab towards that kind of writing style. So, I really hope the authors to take that personally. Because there are many people who do that. And there's nothing wrong with it, per se. For me, it just takes me out of the story a little bit. Also, I feel like your descriptors are lacking, in a sense. I feel like it's very you know, point A to point B, then point C, and then we're going to go back to point A. And instead of, like, there being point A, and then, like, a tons of information about point A, and then point B, and then tons of information about point B, it's just like, I'm going here, and then here, and then I'm going here, but I'm having this inner monologue here, instead of actually describing anything that's going on around her. Like, what does it smell like? What do the floors look like? What do the stairs look like? You don't have to be obnoxious and, like, name every single thing, like, the floor's mahogany and the stairs have a white carpet trimming them. Like, you don't have to do that. But, you know, what does it smell like? Does it feel like? Is the wood that she walks on, is it old? Obviously from the creaking it's old. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little nitpicky since coming back. Who knows? Maybe I was always as nitpicky. Maybe that's some self-reflecting I need to do. We are very low-tech around here, if you haven't already noticed. Saying you're low-tech, that's not really the correct term, because low-tech means you don't have a lot of technology. It doesn't really extend to doors. Like, if you have a cheap door, it doesn't mean you're low-tech, it just means you're poor. So, I would not use the phrase low-tech, I would just say, if you haven't noticed, we're not very well-budgeted, or we don't have a lot of money, or something like that, because a doorknob, or lack of a doorknob, or lack of a door, does not mean you're low-tech, it just means you're poor. Um, even having a Kleenex would be an upgrade for this place. I started to brush my knotted hair, prepare for dot dot dot, well, dot dot dot, whatever I was supposed to be preparing for. Nobody would tell me, as much as the not knowing annoyed me. They all quoted this exactly. You'll find out when the time arrives. That was annoying on a whole new level. What if I wanted to know now? I'm patient for a teen, but this was driving me crazy. Goddamn hair, why the hell is it so damn knotted? I muttered to myself. Again, you have um, her saying she's brushing through her knotted hair and preparing for something, and now she's also commenting in dialogue that her hair is really knotted. So, again, you did the same thing like with the creaking and the creaky. Honestly, guys have it easy with their short hair and all. And even some girls who naturally have that nice, soft, silky hair that never gets knotted. Then there's me, with hair that knots as soon as I finish brushing it. 
First of all, I relate. Secondly, again, not, knotted, knotted. Are you ready? I jumped, startled by her suddenly sneaky appearance. By her, I mean the caretaker, Agatha Harkins. Why is Agatha such a fitting name for an orphanage lady? Saying. I gave her the stink eye and let the teen toad lose. The teen toad? Lose? The teen toad lose. I don't know why I just don't like that phrasing. I don't even know what teen toot is. Is that just like saying, am I this old now? I'm 24 guys, going on 25. So I'm not up with the slang of the up and up. But teen toot, don't really think that's a word, is it? Excuse me, while I Google this. Teen toot. It's not, but it is a hashtag. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and let the teen toot loose. I wouldn't really go back and reflect on that phrase real quick. Yeah, sure. I'm totally ready for- I'm- I feel like you meant I'm totally ready. I'm totally ready for something that I know nothing about. I turned back to the sink and started brushing my teeth with a smug look on my face. I thought I had done well. There were no words anywhere in this universe that could counter my sarcasm. But apparently there were silent actions that could. She looked at me with exasperation and tapped her foot, waiting for a real answer and probably an apology. I huffed with annoyance and accidentally spit out some toothpaste. She was ruining my fun. Yef, I'm Webby, <laughs> I said grudgingly. She started tapping her foot again, this time she expected an apology. Again. You kind of repeated something again. Um, expected an apology, expected an apology. I rolled my eyes and spit out the remaining toothpaste. Sorry, she sighed. I suppose that's the best I'll get, she said. I looked at her and tried to look apologetic. I don't think it worked. She handed me a small stack of clothing. Here, this is what you're going to wear. I looked at the clothes. It was a black cold shoulder shirt with black and gray sequins across the top, whitish blue skinny jeans, and a set of brown knee-high boots. I must admit, I looked good, although I had to complain a little because what 17-year-old girl didn't complain about her clothes? Why in particular do I have to wear these clothes? I inquired. Miss Harkins smiled. Because these clothes are ten times- You did not capitalize the word B with because. Because these clothes are ten times better than those ratty sweats and stained shirts you wear. That's why. She said it with a smugness in her voice. This was payback. I gave her a pained look. Don't be hating on my sweats or my shirts. They would have been just fine if you weren't so damn picky, I whined. She laughed again and pointed to the edge of the tub, indicating that I should sit down. She started to do one of those half-up, half-down styles with my hair. I was starting to look pretty damn good if I do say so myself. Again, if I do say so myself, I do say so myself. Once she finished, she looked me over, checking my hair, adjusting my black lace choker, and fixed the sleeves of my shirt. There, she said. You look beautiful. I laughed. I suppose so. I look like a high schooler who didn't want to wear a dress on picture day. She looked away from me away from the doorway to me and raised an eyebrow. So what you're saying is I've dressed you like a rebel, she inquired. I laughed. Yes, I suppose that is what I'm implying. She smiled and shook her head. Today was starting to seem better than I had originally thought. She started walking me towards the living room. I must admit, I was a little shocked. We never go into the living room. For whatever reason, it wasn't allowed. We turned the corner and I suddenly felt like something was wrong and that I needed to run the opposite direction. I must have stopped walking because Miss Harkins frowned and said, Phoenix... Are you okay? So you put O dot K O 
I'm sorry, O.K. period. Um, I, I guess that's fine, but OK should be spelled out O-K-A-Y for the proper word. I looked at her in confusion. Yeah, dot dot dot. I think so. I just felt a little off for a moment there. Miss Harkins looked at me worriedly. She turned around and kept walking. Looking behind her a few times to make sure that I was following. I slowly started walking again, ignoring my instincts that were screaming at me to turn around. So, dot dot dot. Now that we're here, you'll plan on telling me what's going on, please? I asked. She looked at me with concern, not exactly what I was expecting. I can't tell you what's going on. I don't know the full details myself. What I can tell you is you're going to be leaving soon. Dot dot dot, I think. Um, you do use your ellipses a lot. I mean, not obnoxiously so, but... I sighed I was annoyed, tired, hungry, and to add to all the normal day-to-day -day issues, there was an ominous feeling emanating from the living room. What's worse is Miss Harkins knew what was going on, but she obviously didn't like it, and that was a warning sign all on its own. I looked at Miss Harkins one last time to see if she had anything to say before walking through the door to what I thought would be my imminent doom. Alright, that's the end of chapter one. Uh... I do want to comment that I think that saying imminent doom at the end of the chapter one uh, is a little dramatic. And I know that like, I know like this is like a novel and whatever, so there's going to be over-dramatization for things. But given that this, yes, it is not a normal day for her, something does seem off. Using the term imminent doom is just a little over-dramatized for her not truly knowing what's about to happen. And if it is as bad as she thinks it's going to be. You know, this could be anything. This is a teenager. Granted, they are drama queens, but still. Um, as far as it goes, I think overall you did really well. I think this you have something really great. I think you uh, definitely are a, story, a natural storyteller. Uh, there is a lot of repetition, which I did talk about throughout the whole reading, uh, which I would comment on. Um, you also have Miss period Harkins. When you have the word Miss spelled out, M-I-S-S, -S, like you do, you don't need a period after that. The only time you would need a period after the word Miss is if you're doing M-S period Harkins. That would be the correct way of doing it, but because you're using M-I-S-S, -S, that's an actual word, so you don't need to have a period after it. Uh, I will say you do overuse your commas, so I would definitely look back and really figure out if those commas are necessary or not because for the most part they aren't um and i think that over usage of commas is a pretty uh normal thing that happens to people especially when they do start focusing more on their grammar i overuse my commas at times i know friends who use over overuse their commas at times you know it happens so aside from that i think you did really well um if i were to rate this between one and ten or two and ten because i don't ever give out ones um, I would definitely give you a 6.5. I definitely think, actually no, no, I'm going to say 7.5. Um, just because I do think there are some details that you needed to add in the prologue. I do think that there were, you know, the grammatical stuff, which I just explained. Um, and then there's the repetition and also some lacking of detail. Did I say that already? Probably. But regardless, I think you did really well, um, and I think that you should definitely continue writing this because you are very talented and your talent is only going to grow 
more that you keep writing. So I hope to be seeing some more chapters updated soon. Um, and that is all I have for you guys today. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this reading as much as I enjoyed reading it. And I do hope you guys check out this novel because I think it's worth it and I think the author is going to continue to keep surprising us all and I wish them nothing but the best. I hope you guys are having a wonderful Monday and I will see you in the next podcast episode. Bye!